Welcome to the Macau Cast. I think this is episode eight, 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 something like that. And we're back. We're back uh, in in your ears after a trip to Macau, and for some of us to uh, to Hong Kong as well. And I guess in, in Han's case, um, a lot of other airports and lounges and <laughs> VIP areas and first class cabins. But uh, I. Th- think I can speak for everybody and say this is a, a great trip, a lot of fun. We'll get into the details, and I guess if uh, anybody disagrees with that, they um, will have the opportunity to say so. We were just talking a moment ago before we started about sort of how we wanted to attack this, because of course, you know, we all covered quite a bit of ground independently, a little bit of ground uh, collectively in some cases as well. Uh, but instead, I think it's sort of rattling off a trip report, an oral trip report, Maybe it makes more sense to talk a little bit more about some of the uh, exceptional things that we saw, whether they were something that was new, uh, that we experienced for the first time, or um, something that uh, just, just really stood out, and maybe that's a good place to start. Eric, I, I, I'm hoping I can start with you and put you on the spot, because this was your first time, and we had talked a lot about expectations and what things were going to be like, and obviously you... Uh, had, had done your prep, and then you went to Macau. So h- how did it compare to what you expected? It was better than I expected, uh, but at the same time, the aspects that I, uh, I don't want to say I was concerned with, but maybe I thought would be a detractor for me, uh, they were more of a detractor than I thought they would be as well. So, you know, overall it was great, but there were certain I don't want to call them difficulties, but they're the downsides were downsides as well. So what? So let's get specific. What what were the things that bothered you either more than you thought, or just stuff that um, that you wish would have been different? Um, so the whole alcohol while gambling, um, and I was able to find a solution to that, and I'm I'm actually fairly proud of uh, how that worked out, but. Gambling wasn't fun, and the games weren't um, advantageous. So I couldn't gamble like it was work, and I couldn't gamble like it was fun. So it it was just this, um, just this middle ground where I I wouldn't go there to gamble. I guess is. What I would well, you, say. you don't like continuous shuffling machines. You don't like uh, you know dealer, you know, having a little bar there saying draw or surrender or whatever. <laughs> you know that didn't bother me. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't mind the surrender or draw bar. Uh, the CSM, I'm, you know, I'm not a big fan of. But what I'm really not a big fan of is it just wasn't a fun atmosphere for gambling. It was um, dry, I guess, is the best way that I would describe it, and. While there was energy, it wasn't the type of energy that I look for while gambling. And I'm saying all of this under the umbrella of I had a great time. I'm really glad I went and I think everybody should go at least once. So I don't, you know, I'm coming out of the gate negative, um, but uh, it it shouldn't be viewed that way. Um, The cultural differences while well, you know what? The cultural differences while gambling was one thing. The cultural differences while eating was quite another. And and so I don't... I'm going to assume they were all Chinese, but 
you know, I, I don't know. So the population that was there, it was fairly common. Like it happened at like three or four different restaurants where the person next to me would be spitting while they were eating, uh, you know, blowing their nose into the garbage can. Like there, there were, there were a number of things that I guess in our culture would be considered, um, you know, just gross that happened fairly regularly there. And, you know, at some point it stopped being funny or disgusting and it was just kind of, Oh, that's just what they do here. So can, can I just say something about that real quick? Um, I have, I have heard many times, um, oh man, this is like airing some dirty laundry, but <laughs> I, uh, I have heard many times like, you know, Taiwanese folks who are, um, you know, of Taiwanese descent talk about mainlanders in a kind of, kind of disparaging way. Um, and what you're describing, Eric, kind of goes, goes to the heart of it, I suppose, uh, that, that, that they are, you know, nouveau riche and they're, they they aren't that sophisticated, and um, while they may have a lot of money and have a lot of money to to push around, um, that they haven't learned the manners. And you know, I don't I don't I don't think that's the case in every person, but uh, obviously it happens enough where you see it enough. Uh, and I and I certainly saw what you saw too in in Macau. Um, that yeah, it it does kind of turn you off. Um, but. That said, I suppose like you could say that about a lot of people who are uh, who've come into a lot of money real quick and um, may not know any better. Um, so I don't know. I mean, at the risk of sounding a bit snobby or politically insensitive, I, I just want to throw that out. Like there, there have been the, these kind of cultural trends, and I think I've heard other people complain about uh, Chinese people at other casinos in the U.S. doing similar kind of things. Um, uh, so I, you know, it's there. Um, I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable too. Um, but I guess if you see enough of it and it's at like a fine, finer establishment, it, it could especially be annoying. Um, I don't know. I don't yeah, it was, Where did that happen? I'm just kind of curious. It was daily. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I think the easier question to answer would be where didn't it happen? Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, the, the spitting thing, um, especially, uh, I actually, fortunately, didn't run into that much during dining, which would have probably just personally kind of really grossed me out. Um, I, I definitely saw it around quite a bit, uh, quite a bit, yes. And th- you know, that was something that I'd seen on, on past past trips as well. It's definitely a thing. Yeah. Uh, so that was a bit of a turnoff. But uh, was there anything else otherwise during dining that you found? Good or bad? Oh, I ate a lot of noodles. A lot of noodles. <laughs> it's funny, right? Because a lot of a lot of the restaurants have, um, well, not well. Some of the casinos have restaurants that have Western food options, but generally speaking, yes, you, you there's a lot of noodle options. <laughs> I did have some dumplings, and I did have. Um, I went to a dim sum place twice, um, so that wasn't really noodles. But it was, uh, there were a lot of noodles that, I mean, that was definitely, uh, I probably, um, consumed more noodles that week than, you know, all of 2018 combined. I mean, oddly enough, I, I found myself eating more Western food, uh, while I was in Macau than anything else. Um, probably cause I had eaten so much Asian food, uh, 
while I was on other parts of Asia, Southeast Asia, before I arrived. But anyway, sorry, go on. Um, no, it was good. I mean, it you know, like uh, in retrospect, right, like it was a lot of noodles is the answer. But the food was good. The service was impeccable. I mean, even even in mid-range places where there were, you know, people doing disgusting things all around me, the service was really good. I, I didn't have one service complaint the whole week. In fact, they were exceptional most of the time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I, I've got a couple of things I want to hit on that point as well. Um, to zoom back to your gambling thing for a minute. So um, the sort of serious atmosphere, uh, yes, definitely um, endorse that opinion. I mean, it, it's especially if you're comparing it to, you know, the most obvious thing, Las Vegas, it's like a complete 180. Um the uh, you know the the promo the casino promo photos uh, that they all put out with the guy at the craps table and the woman like yelling in the background and the happy lady with the champagne like there's none of that it's a bunch of sad looking people um, you know asking for the next card um, wait wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute I, 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 I'm sorry I gotta I have to come on come on it's not that that bad uh, no I I don't think he's that far off I mean it's definitely a, a caricature of reality but. I, I mean, I had kind of I, my take. Okay, I had many. Okay, I I have no idea what the function of this was. Maybe it's a little bit because I'm Asian. I'm not sure. But I had many experiences where I had funny interactions with uh, fellow players at the table, whether I was playing block, blackjack or baccarat. And there were, there are these kind of dynamic moments, uh, dramatic moments of of just kind of like I started like following the lead on a guy that I thought had the hot hand on baccarat. And, you know, because I don't know how to bet, you know, banker, player, whatever. I don't, I, I, but I would just follow the guy who I, who I thought, or I saw, you know, keep winning. And, you know, that was kind of fun. And I, I wasn't necessarily like fist bumping or, or high fiving, but, you know, we, we had some like nods to each other and it was, it was. It was <laughs> you <laughs> nodded in agreement yeah, and yeah. that counts as the, it was the whooping it up of hey, Macau. Hey, 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 come on now. It's, it's, it's not, it's not as dour as you're representing is what I'm trying to say. I, I'm, I'm being somewhat hyperbolic, but I mean, look, this wasn't, so this didn't happen on this trip. This is on a previous trip, but I, I, you know, this is to me summed up in an experience I had at a craps table um, where, you know, we're going around the table um, people shooting the dice and we're going like, hey, shooter, go like, you know, just a sort of very normal conversation you would have at a Las Vegas craps table and everyone else is looking at us like with like daggers in their eyes like, what are you doing? Please be quiet. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's the, I think that's the point that it yeah. it's not that it didn't exist without us. It's that any exuberance that we might have shown was met with disdain. Yeah, I, I yeah. So I, I I do think in terms of folks that are um, like fans of Western style casinos, maybe the Las Vegas, Atlantic City, any other you know the local casino, um, it's a very different vibe in that case. And and honestly, if that's like one of your primary reasons for wanting to visit, thinking it's going to be a similar gaming environment, you're probably going to be pretty disappointed because it's it is very different. Um, so I guess Eric, I'll ask you. I know that I played a lot less than I expected to, uh, and part of that was just because I was doing other stuff, but also just because I never really got into like any kind of vibe. W- what about you? I, I know um, you. I think you were planning to to do, you know, have gambling be part of part of your uh, entertainment activities for the for the week. Did you play more or less than you thought that you would? Substantially less. Yeah, I figured that's what you would say. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I gambled. I don't want to say that. 
I didn't, and it, it wasn't such a terrible experience that I wanted nothing to do with it. But the uh, rules that were available, the games that were being offered, didn't warrant really dipping into the bankroll on any major scale whatsoever. And, you know, I'm okay with just kind of hanging out and low rolling and having a good time, but even that wasn't the vibe. And frankly, you know, low rolling, unless you went to one of the local joints, wasn't really an option either. But w- wait a minute, I like like baccarat, isn't it? It's it's substantially cheaper to play baccarat in certain scenarios there, and and you weren't drawn to that at all. I'm I'm just curious because you're the you're the more you're the one who'd most likely play baccarat among us three. I would say. Yeah, um, I didn't find it. A nod of approval is not as exciting as what I'm looking for. Okay. So <laughs> it, um, it, yeah. So um, it, it's a funny game in that when you play, there is this, um, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but um, there's almost a mysticism to it. And the people that really get into it, like I find it to be highly entertaining. I don't believe in any of it, but I, I enjoy watching it and participating in it. And it, it, any time that I played it did not feel that way. I mean, I, I, I did see in the, what you, what you deem the local joints and that what you're referring to there are, are, I assume the SJM and I guess smaller galaxy joints on the peninsula. Um, I, I did come across 200 Hong Kong dollar Baccarat, uh, some, uh, and I think I even saw $100 Hong Kong, or 100 Hong Kong dollar Baccarat there too. So you can play Baccarat very cheaply if you want in some of these places. Now, if you're a Westerner, you m- might get a couple of stairs when you walk into such places, but it's not like they wouldn't let you play, I don't think. Um, I know you and I ran into <laughs> some issues <laughs> where they didn't want our business, but, um... And that was at... Well, they didn't want our business because you were there with me. That's probably true. I don't know. It was so strange. Yeah. That was such a strange incident. I can't... Listen, I, I mean, there's no way to confirm it, but in those places, it was very clear that I stuck out and was not necessarily... Um, I don't want to say I wasn't wanted, but they weren't going to do anything to make it better for me to be there real real quick hunter what what we're referring to is uh we had gone to oceanus and that's right that's pretty close to uh the sands and um there was a table full of uh a blackjack there 100 100 hong kong dollar blackjack and three women three women were sitting in the center uh not playing at all just just sitting and taking up the seats uh and we wanted the seats and they just kind of wanted to kind of shoo us upstairs or somewhere else. And when we, I got a little, you know, huffy, trying to trying to get us in there. They they moved over, but they wouldn't yield the seats, and the the dealer wouldn't do anything, and the pit boss wouldn't do anything. So we just end up leaving. Yeah, <laughs> we're really the, we're really selling know, Macau here. <laughs> I know we're gonna get to the good stuff. I promise. Prior, but prior to that even happening, in those places, the looks that I got ranged from how did you get here to why are you here to uh, we don't want you here 
Hmm. Wow. That's that's substantially more like uh, funny look looks than than I got for sure. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> there, there were some comical looks, but I, I think part of it is I'm much larger than you are, and you're larger than they are. So you know, this is this is. Um, I think it was more a function of size and race than just you know Westerner. Well, let's talk about some some positive stuff. So. Um, I, and I, I definitely have a couple things that I want to get to on this point, but look, let's talk about hotels for uh, for a few minutes here. So um, we all stayed all over the place, um, and there's a couple of places I wanted to call out. But uh, Eric, before before we pass the baton here a little bit, where did you stay, and um, what did you think of where you stayed? Most of the trip, I stayed at Four Seasons and St. Regis. I can't say enough good things about the properties, about the service, about how they bent over backwards. Uh, I mean, it was easily the greatest service experience of my life. Anything in particular? That's very high price. Well, uh, I mean, everything. So, uh, let's see. It started at the Four Seasons where I, you know, uh, went to breakfast two days in a row. And the second day when I walked up, they said, Mr. Rosenthal, uh, would you like to sit by the window again? I didn't give my name. And, uh, you know, the person at the front knew that I ordered cappuccino the day before and had a cappuccino waiting for me um, at St. Regis. It, in between stays at St. Regis, I had one night at the Holiday Inn, and the St. Regis staff went to the Holiday Inn to get my luggage from the Holiday Inn and bring it up to my room before I could even uh, finish checking in at St. Regis. Um, I mean, it was... Uh, every uh, there there isn't one negative thing that i can say about the level of service or the properties at holiday at not at holiday Inn, at saint regis or at four seasons and even holiday inn was totally fine there was there was absolutely no issue there i so um i did win win and morpheus and we'll talk more about morpheus in a bit because i know upon you stayed there too um, but I will uh, also say similar story about um, about staying at both Wynn Macau and at Wynn Palace. Um, again, I, you know I've uh, I've talked ad nauseum about service in Macau hotels, but um, they didn't disappoint. Uh, again, this time around, we had excellent service uh, at all three hotels. Um, I'm going to especially call out the Wynn properties, both of them, and. And Win Macau even more than Win Palace. Win Palace did a great job, um, but I think maybe as a function of being a smaller hotel, um, Win Macau is able to even just go, a, you know, a, a bit further. But um, the same kind of stuff that you're talking about, right? So uh, whether it's um, you know walking you all the way up to your room and taking you through every little bas- every, every little last thing, um, we went to to dinner at Wing Lei at Win Macau, and my wife mentioned offhand that she liked the tea. The guy that makes the tea came out and started talking to her and gave her a, a, a handwritten card with the instructions on how to brew the tea in the exact way that he brews the tea. I mean, it was like <laughs> it was pretty intense. Um, as you mentioned, you know, we walked into breakfast on our second day and they were calling us by name, even though, you know, we didn't say who we were. I mean, again, we probably stand out more than maybe someone else, but, you know, it's clearly that's something that they are trained to, to identify and, and try to make sure that they remember people's preferences. Um, 
And so it's some, it's just one of those things that is really striking, especially a combination of a lot of really little things that you might not even notice, but add up into a really nice day, but also some really, uh, some really um, big things as well. I mean, whether it's, uh, you know, moving between hotels and, and the Wind Macau people saying, oh, well, you can't check in at Wind Palace until three. So we've automatically extended your checkout until three. And we've called Wind Palace to make sure that you're going to be able to, that everything's going to be ready when you get there. Um, stuff like that, that is just, you know, these things that happen automatically, that uh, they go out of what I would consider to be sort of out of their way to make sure that you have an incredible experience. And, you know, that's just not the kind of thing that you get in a lot of other places, I guess, unless you're like at such a, a high level, um, such such a good customer, or you know, paying so much that there that you get that no matter where you go. But um, a lot of those things uh, are brought down to 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 all their customers here, which is, was really impressive. Yeah, I, I'll have to echo your sentiments. Um, although I can't say I experienced that at the hotels I stayed at. I mean, not to the degree that you guys did. Um, for example, I stayed at the Rio. That's like one of the locals casino uh, hotels on the peninsula for one night, my first night in Macau. And th- you're not going to get that kind of service there. It's it's just uh, kind of functional. Um, I, I do want to warn folks about staying at the Rio or places like that. Do not lose your room key because they will charge you 100 Hong Kong dollars for, for losing that key, that plastic card, key card. Fortunately, I was able to find mine, and they didn't charge me. But um, just a you know heads up for that. Uh, I, I, at at MGM uh, Macau and MGM Kotai, which is where I stayed in the middle portion of my stay in Macau, um, I the service was fine. I nothing extraordinary like what you guys were talking about. But I did get um, a free um, mini uh, mini fridge, whatever uh, access to that with uh, like I don't know. It was like eight or nine drinks in there, some alcohol, so just like beer. Um, you, I don't, you don't, you're not, you're gonna, you're not gonna get that in, in Vegas. I don't think ever. Um, I, I've never experienced that. Uh, uh, also when I was at, uh, the SW and Hunter, you were there too. Um, as I was leaving the SW, someone had spotted me talking to you and he knew your story and he knew and somehow he knew my story too because I guess I had been speaking to the waiter and they were saying, oh, well, Mr. You know, Mr. Han, I hope you come back, you know, faster than two years. I, I mean, I'm, you know, thank you for coming during the uh, the, the um, opening of, of Wynn Palace and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, how do they, how do these guys do this? Like they just like swiftly convey information among each other and like make people feel really special. Um, it's it's kind of a, a neat trick. I, I have not seen that in the, in the in a US hotel uh setting. Uh I've I've not experienced that, but maybe I haven't seen it in nice enough places here in the states. I assume that like if you're like a a villa customer at Caesar's Palace or Bellagio or Wynn or whatever that they are taking extremely good care of you. Um but of course, you know, that's fairly rarefied air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I was just uh what? I was getting a snack at SW just to see the uh, crazy witch uh, installation, whatever, <laughs> the, the dolphin space, whatever you want to call that. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, but they treat, still treated me like like royalty. And all I did was spend, what, like $30, $40 on some appetizer. So, you know, I, that kind of thing is, is not to be taken for granted. Um, 
and yeah, like I guess you'll the the question again is, well, would you go all the way to Macau to experience that? Like I, like I would. I I still want to go back. Uh, you, I'm, <laughs> I have the feeling Eric doesn't, but um, no. Uh, or, no, or, no. If I okay, go ahead. Sorry. So it was an unbelievable experience. I don't know that I would make the trip specifically to Macau if I ever found myself in. Asia. It doesn't even have to be, you know, that close. I would definitely make it a point to um, try to spend a few days there. I I really did have a great time. It was just a very different experience, and I would go for the service and not for the gambling. Mm. And the building, the buildings were amazing. I mean, it it really it lived up to everything that I hoped it would be with the exception of the gambling experience and there was so much more there that that you know is it a detractor yeah and i don't think i want to fly 16 hours for that just for that um but i would definitely go back i i can as a stand-in for for my wife who came came along with me on this trip and uh had never been before um, is, uh, you know, spend in Las Vegas many, many times with me. Um, doesn't, you know, we'll, we'll gamble a bit here and there, but it's not a significant driver for her when she's picking a vacation spot. Um, and wasn't sure if she even really wanted to come. She had a really good time too. Um, that said, I think it's like, uh, sort of, I've now done this. I'm not sure if I need to go back and definitely anytime soon. I'm speaking about her, not about me. I, I'm actually <laughs> feel like I want to go back already. Um, <laughs> but she really had a great time too. Uh, and that, you know, of course I, I wanted to, I wanted her to have a good time. It would have been a bummer. If she was miserable. But um, I think, you know, a lot of the same things, Eric, that you're mentioning, she really appreciated the really crazy service um, and, you know, didn't really care much about gambling. I don't know if she even, like, gambled a single dollar while we were there um, just because they don't have any video pokers, which she usually plays, and um, you know, the, the other stuff wasn't all that appealing to her. Uh, but, you know, she, she had a great time. We had some good food stuff, too, which we'll talk about uh, also here in a, in a few minutes. But... Um, I I was glad that she that she had a good time and and appreciated it as well. Hey, hey, real quick, Eric, I, I, you have covered this in other podcasts, but I I want you to repeat this. Like, how how did you get alcohol on the floor? I mean, just in case people only listen to this and and they don't know uh, what the trick is. So, if you're gambling at a high enough level, you they don't have drink servers that come around. There is a uh, I've seen a tea trolley in a bunch of places and they have bottled water at the table um, and, you know, around the casino. But if you want a drink, you have to ask somebody who can get a drink server to come to you. It's by request and it's only um, when, you know, they approve that you're gambling. So it's by request. You'd have to ask somebody uh, who was working at the casino to get a drink server to come over. Um, And where I originally found it, uh, it was, I think it was at... I think you said MGM Macau. Yeah, Macau, yeah. yeah. MGM Macau. I walked into the high limit room and there were people drinking and smoking. And it was a non-smoking casino. And... If these people were drinking, then I knew you 
could drink. So, you know, it required asking. And at the American-owned properties, um, it was much easier because people spoke English and they seemed to get that people would want to drink. So it really wasn't, it wasn't difficult. And when I just wanted to sit and drink, I went into the high limit slot room where they were really getting people drinks and you didn't even have to be playing a high limit game. You could just sit yourself in front of a cheap slot machine, you know, by high limit standards. And they had no problem bringing drinks to you upon request. I, I would say for sure, you something that you sort of touched on there. Um, if you are a, a Westerner and you are interested in going to Macau, maybe you're a little bit nervous about it. I would definitely steer you towards um, the Western-owned cas- hotel casinos because they definitely seem to be better at catering, catering towards um, Americans, stuff that you're used to, very, very well-trained st- English for their staff. Not that the other places don't have that, um, some, but they just have it to varying degrees. Uh, and I think if you are maybe nervous about going, you know, staying at like a Wynn or an MGM or even to a, maybe a slightly lesser degree of Venetian um, or, you know, or like the St. Regis or Holiday. And I think you're going to be better off than staying at like a at like a Lisboa or something like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that one. Well, let's talk about um, Morpheus. Because that was like one of the things I was actually really excited about. Uh, Morpheus is, for those that don't know what it is, Morpheus is a, the newest hotel at City of Dreams, which is one of the casino hotel complexes on Kotai. Morpheus is a crazy looking building. So it's basically got like an exoskeleton. Um, and that's one of its primary design features. And um, Han, you stayed there. Um, I stayed there. Uh, and so I think we stayed in the same room type one just one night apart um so i would love to hear to hear what you think and then uh, I'll, I'll chime in with uh, my two cents okay so i i booked through i think i booked through agoda and you know it wasn't cheap but uh i think i pay a little less than you did only because i was on a thursday and i think you were on a friday um but when i checked in they allegedly had two reservations for me. So there was a bit of a cluster going on there. They were trying to charge me for two rooms. And I was like, uh, I'm not paying for two rooms. And I definitely didn't double book. So that we went back and forth. And that kind of got us off on a wrong footing, I, I felt, um, from the from the out, just the get-go. But things did improve. Uh, you walk in the room, it looks like kind of like the set of 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, t- to me anyway, like inside the, the spaceship. Um, it it can feel a little cold at times, but uh, you know I thought it was I thought it was interesting. Like I I can't say it was like my favorite experience, but I you know um, I I I appreciate a lot of what the room had to offer. Uh, the highlight for me wasn't the room though; it was actually the pool. There's a pool up t- up top the uh, the tower, and I went up there in the morning to take a quick swim. I was one of three people up there. It was kind of chilly and rainy that day, or overcast. But um, the, uh, the the pool attendant set up the, a towel for me when I was swimming, so I just came up and you know I could just take that. And he also gave me like this hot drink, uh, which I didn't ask for. It was complimentary. Um, that so that was a nice touch. Though this was like kind of the service aspect of it that I did like. Uh, and eventually, it, tur- it turned out that the hotel did take care of that double booking, and they didn't charge me twice. So that was nice. Um, I wasn't as blown as w- away by my experience as I wanted to be. Uh, like. Everything was fine, but nothing just blew me away that I want like I wanted to. Um, 
I remember feeling just as excited, if not more, when I went to Wind Palace uh, at the opening, and I felt like that fulfilled my expectations way more than Morpheus did. Uh, I can't really put my finger on it. I don't know if it was just because we got off on a, ba- a bad start, but um, uh, yeah, it just there's something missing there. I don't I don't think the service was quite quite up to par uh, for something like that. Um, I did get these heavy metal pens. <laughs> that was not <laughs> that was nice, but <laughs> but uh, uh, outside of that pool experience, I can't say like I'd go back there. I don't think it's worth the cost. I'd rather spend my money elsewhere. Um, there's plenty of other options in Macau, and I will try them next time. Yeah, so I am glad that I stayed there. Um, I don't think I'll ever stay there again. Mm. Um, so uh, in contrast to both of the wind places, which uh, was was really great, and I've, I know I'm beating a, a dead horse there, but I, I can't say how, how much I enjoyed those two um, hotel stays. Uh, we, we only were one night at Morpheus, so it was our very last night. And um, we were coming from Wind Palace, which is across the street, effectively. Um, and so, you know, we weren't sure exactly how we were going to get there. It felt silly asking a cab driver to take you across the street. But with getting in and out of stuff is actually, you know, it's further than it sounds. Um, we actually uh, made that known to the Morpheus folks, and they, they'd sent a car for us, which was very nice of them. Uh, and come pick, pick, they came to pick us up at Wind Palace in their very expensive, nice, super nice Mercedes. Um, and so they, they were... Uh, they checked us in, like they whisked us in the front door and they took our stuff and they checked us in and it was um, all done uh, very nicely and we got to our room. Um, I'll agree with you, the decor is very sort of uh, 2001, that's a good way of putting it. Um, I I love high-tech stuff, but some of this was like maybe high-tech for the sake of high-tech and I didn't, not all of it I was super into. Room design-wise, they they have this sort of funky setup where the, the bathroom is like kind of this like shrouded zone off of the bedroom area with this like hidden door in the front in the in the front walkway and then a, a, a uh, another entrance from the bedroom um I, I just found the room to be less comfortable than either of the two wind rooms that we stayed in um before uh and um so you know the, the it was okay the room was fine i mean it's a very nice room but i i just didn't it didn't feel as comfortable to me not as welcoming um, the service was pretty good. You know, they took pretty good care of us. Um, one thing I didn't like very much at all was uh, not really having a good breakfast option. Hmm. So um, w- they have a like a pastry type place that has some really like light food in their lobby there, uh, and that's what they directed us to. But basically, it was like you could get some toast and uh, some coffee, and that was it. You know, and I I was wanting something a little bit more substantial, and basically it was like you're out of luck. Did, so, did you end up going uh, across the street? <laughs> we ate there. I, we just were. I was just not super stoked about it. <laughs> okay. So I, you know, I was just kind of disappointed. I was like, they didn't really seem to have a, a good option for for breakfast of a cuisine of any type. Um, I mean, I guess you could do room service too. Was is an option we didn't we didn't use. But um, the building is amazing, though. I did find a lot of little things that looked like they were broken or not quite finished. Um, from the very small to the uh, potentially alarmingly larger. Um, <laughs> yeah, you had that one picture with, of well, something was tied up with like yeah. rope or something. It looked terrible. Yep. Yeah, yeah it looked very sketchy. Um, and then you know a lot of tape holding things together and whatever. Uh, 
which sort of lines up with some of the, the chatter that we've heard from from folks when we were there basically saying that, yeah, you know, they, they got it open, but uh, a few uh, I's not dotted and T's not crossed. Um, but the pool, we didn't get to use the pool because we were, it was our last morning and we were heading out, but we did check it out. We went up there to check it out before we left. And it is really cool, uh, up being up there on the roof with some pretty amazing views. And, you know, we walk out there and like the five pool attendants are all like, Hey, what can we get you? What do you need? What are you going? I'm like, we're fine. We're just looking, just taking a picture. Um, but, uh, so, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound, uh, I don't want to disparage the place, but it is really expensive. Um, you can probably get a better deal during the week and, you know, maybe you can get a better deal if you, uh, just find a good time or search, search the rates or whatever. But, um, you know, it's their high end premium hotel product there at the, at the city of dreams now. And, you know, for, for what it costs, I guess I would say I'm a little bit disappointed. I, I'm glad I did it. I'll probably never do it again. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna spend that kind of of dough, you, you should go to the Ritz Carlton at Galaxy. Yeah, that I agree. You know, that's where you're gonna get service and warmth and uh, plenty of food options and all that good stuff. Um, and you know, you can go back to what was it the second episode where we talked to Alistair? I mean, his his recounting of that, or the third episode, I can't remember now. Um, his recounting of his experience there is amazing, and uh, if you're going to shell out that kind of money, you should get value for it. And I don't, I don't think Morpheus delivers. I agree. I, I definitely, yeah. I think you can, you know, either you go to something like the Ritz Carlton, which is a truly blow away property, or you know, or you bump up and get a nicer room at, uh, get a you know, a medium sized suite at a place like Wynn or or the Venetian or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of other options for for that. I can't say enough good things about the Four Seasons and St. Regis, and I think price points matter. Uh, through the Amex um, Fine Hotels and Resorts, I was under two hundred dollars a night for the you know those properties. Not even you know if I didn't get all the extras that came with it, like. I don't I don't know how much you paid, but I'm assuming Morpheus was considerably more than that. It was yeah. I'm actually gonna so I'm gonna actually I think write up a post that um, goes through and publish all everything I paid for everything because I think people are interested in this, especially people that go to Vegas um, to compare some of the stuff, both hotels and food. So I kept all of my receipts and everything, and uh, I'm actually gonna write a post I think detailing every every little thing that we did and what it costs, so people can just get a, a more direct feel for it. But um, I was just looking, and it looks like they billed me five hundred and eighty-nine dollars and seventy-five cents for for that one night, um, and that in Gus inc- probably includes the breakfast thing. I don't have the bill in front of me, but um, so yeah, it, uh, a lot more than uh, two hundred. So I mean, when I looked at um, the like, oh Ritz Carlton uh, Ritz, right? When I looked at the Ritz, the Ritz was at, at around that price point or higher. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, if that's how you want to roll, that's cool. But I mean, uh, there was substantial value to be had uh, for seasons in St. Regis. Yeah, I haven't stayed at either. Um, I did Conrad on my first trip, which is in the same complex as the St. Regis one, one tower over. Uh, and, um, you know, being in, being you're right in the middle of the action there. Uh, four seasons I haven't seen uh, in person, but... Uh, I walked through and it seems nice. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like I said, I'm glad I did Morpheus just because it is such this unique and interesting property, but it didn't feel like I got my sort of money's worth, I guess. And so that's why I'm not super excited about going back. MGM Kotai. So I didn't stay there, um, but I did visit for the first time. I know, Eric, you got to see it as well. 
this was one of the properties that had opened since the last time I was there. Um, I thought it was fine. Um, you know, the sort of main um, non-gaming attraction area is this thing they call the Spectacle, which is like this open open zone that's got um, video walls all over the place and some, uh, some restaurants and some retail in there. Um, it's a cool-looking space, uh, but, you know, it's just something that you sort of walk through on your way to get to someplace else. It's not really much of a destination, I don't think. Um, but it's, you know, it's cool-looking. It, it photographs well. Uh, and then the casino area there, um, was, it reminded me, uh, for anyone that's been to Macau, it reminded me of the casino area, uh, at the Peninsula property too. It's sort it's a pretty standard, cl maybe closer to, uh, a Vegas casino layout than some of the other places. Uh, it, it, it seems like MGM's got a similar vibe, but what did you think of, uh, MGM Kotai? It was nice. Um, but it, it was very MGM. It was, um, I, I mean, if you told me that was an MGM property on the Vegas Strip, I would have believed you. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it was, it had a very Western feel to it. Yeah. Um, interesting thing there, like, they, if you were gambling, they wanted you to be rated on a player's card. Interesting. I had uh, maybe five different people approach me to tell me that they, you know, wanted to get me a card, just hand them my passport, and they would go out and they would, you know, I refused the first four times. After the fifth time, I figured, well, they're probably not going to leave me alone unless I give it to them. <laughs> and they went and, uh, you know, they made up a card for me, and that was fine. And I was playing, and then a uh, very Americanized host approached me, um, offered me tickets to go see the Jabberwockies, and uh, <laughs> well, uh, but I mean, it was it, it was more comfortable. Like they they knew, um, I guess, how to talk to an American, and you know. It was it was pleasant, um, and it was kind of like yeah we want to keep you playing and you know we'll give you something for it. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Han, what did you think of MGM Kotai? This wasn't your first time seeing it. Uh, no, it was my second time. I I I like it a lot. I like that property um, a whole lot. I think it's like the the best thing that um, Murin has or you know the Murin administration. I don't know what to call it. Uh, <laughs> Please, um, he's not president. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> um, that <laughs> Murin and company have have put together from scratch. You know, obviously they acquired much of their portfolio from from the Steve and elsewhere. And uh, I, I'm impressed with it. I, I liked our uh, experience at Coast. Yeah. Um, though I forgot who's a celebrity chef. Uh, I can't right? remember his uh, name, but he's uh, he was okay. on Top Chef recently and. Uh, Graham Elliot, name, right? Yes. Graham Elliot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that. Pretty, you know, it was pretty casual, and it, it was good food. I thought, um, you know, nothing like um, super amazing, but you know, it was it was solid. And I, I like the design of the place. I, I like the casino floor. It's probably my second favorite casino floor on Kotai, after Studio Cities. Uh, and um, the rooms were great. Uh, you know, they're. Uh, again, they're nothing like extraordinary, but like, like I think the orange is their, their like color palette 
of you know what they start with kind of you know and it's all over in their rooms and i thought the high tech in in the rooms were 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 well done like pretty simple intuitive um and elegant and you know those rooms like both mgm macau and kotai have the that kind of glassed off bathroom thing uh, i think that's kind of common throughout asia from what i've been noticing uh, as i've traveled to singapore and and manila too um and i, I it, it's it's nice I, I like it uh and i would stay at both of those again if i went back to macau e- easily um but i'm thinking next time i'm going to probably have to give win macau a chance although i still think the room is too much like the one in, in vegas but the service level what you're describing seems extraordinary so it's good i'm a big fan um this is a good segue to talk about food because you mentioned coast and i know that i had a couple of really great dining experiences um one of which was shared with you han um we went to the robochon all dome uh which is at the grand lisboa and um, you actually just sent me some photos that you'd taken today, so I got a chance to relive part of that experience. But honestly, it it was definitely one of the best meals that I've ever had. Um, we went there for yeah. Same here. We went for lunch. Yeah. Um, they also have a, a dinner seating, obviously, but um, I believe that the menu is either very similar. Uh, I don't know if the number of courses is different, but it's a very similar setup. Uh, less expensive than dinner, which is nice. Um, it was amazing. I mean, the food was amazing. Uh, the level of the service was amazing. Um, the, with, you and I went along with, with my wife. Um, she and I both did the wine pairing uh, along with the uh, with the meal, and the, the wines that they picked were um, incredible. I mean, it was just awesome. Uh, I, I was totally blown away. I'm so glad that uh, that you uh, mentioned it and that we ended up doing it because it was like not only one of the highlights of the trip, but just one of the best meals that I've ever had. Period. Yeah, I, I well, let's thank Alistair for that once again. I mean, he he put the he incepted that into my head and and maybe want to go. Um, yeah, I the service was great. I I still can't. Uh, I'll never forget the story. About the vintage of one of your wines, I just don't know if we can if we can tell it in a way that will actually make any sense. But well, you know, this the yeah. service there is impeccable, and they're um, telling us about the wines. and And the gentleman that was serving was talking about how there had been a heat wave the year of the vintage, and it had produced some very good wines. But unfortunately, some people had died, um, and so we were we made some jokes about oh, good wine, people dead. Not that funny, I know, not that funny, but. In the moment, it was kind of like a, well, hmm, hmm. Anyway, it probably sounds horrible in the retelling of that, but um, it was. But no, but the, the funny thing about it was we made yeah, him break right. his, like. He, he, he did. He started <laughs> like, laughing uh, at realizing the sort of absurd uh, comparison that was being made there um, between, you know, people losing their lives and, and uh, oh, but it was a, it was a good it's year. Like, it was like Pete Davidson breaking out. Yeah, SNL. so it was that. It was funny. I think it's one of the things you sort of had to be there to get it, but uh, it was it was quite funny. Yeah, yeah that room is, is stunning. Uh, we we fortunately got a window seat, right, like pretty close to you know really good view of the Macau Tower and the and I guess one of the bridges. I can't remember. And um, each course was just uh, just superb. Um, I would do that again too but there's so many other things to try in macau and 
you want to do that with somebody. I don't think you you don't solo dine there. Although I, I think, think he I'll, did, but uh, it's so it is so um, stupidly. Uh, I we didn't really consider Megan and I didn't really think about um, like how long it was going to take. And it was like a three hour thing, which was fine. I mean, it was like well paced and, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want to rush it. But the problem was that we had made dinner reservations um, for that same night at, at Wing Lei. And uh, that was also going to be a really big meal. Fortunately, we could adjust those a little bit. But you definitely want to leave time, especially if you're going going for lunch, you know, leave time to um, go and, and uh, walk it off because it's, it's a lot of food and it's, uh, it's quite an experience. Yeah, I, I don't know how you did that. I mean, I I went home. I went to my hotel and and, and collapsed uh, after that meal. And like uh, the the wing lay meal was also excellent. Um, we had pre ordered uh, Peking duck, which they do, um, you know, sort of table side for two kind of thing. Uh, and it was it was great, but it was definitely one of those things where Megan's looking at me saying, "You have to eat more of this because I'm so full, I can't eat anything." And she's, you know, <laughs> she really don't want to uh, offend anyone by not eating the food. But uh, we were just so full. It, it all worked out in the end. I, I ended up with a lot of picking duck uh, as well, and I sort of just waddled off. But uh, it was it was also uh, quite a good quite a good meal. Um. One of the other places that I wanted to mention was SW. You mentioned it offhand. I had been there before, um, but we went back and, you know, just a really great steakhouse experience, uh, very similar to um, what you'd find in, in the U.S. Uh, menu's different, but um, in terms of, you know, if you're looking for a, a sort of Westernish meal, uh, a fine dining type thing, it's a, it's a good one. Um, the food was incredible. The service, again, was also, uh, was also incredible. And uh, we just had a really a really fun time watching the very strange little choreographed vignettes that they that they show from time to time. The staff seemed to know that they're pretty odd because they were talking about you know this is the really weird one. No, this is the really weird one. Um, and so they actually give you a little uh, a little program that explains the uh, the the different uh, the different things. It's hard to explain unless you've seen it, but it is uh, it is an interesting um, part of the experience. Are those available by any chance on? There's YouTube? some of them. I looked because I wanted to see the the really weird one, um, and I couldn't find that on YouTube. I could find a bunch of the a couple of the other ones. I think there's like six in total. Um, I found like one or two. The King Kong one is uh, seems to be the one that gets published the most. Okay, so I I I think I got the really weird one with the with. You should with post it. Yeah. Okay. Uh. <laughs> it's something that you really have to see to understand. Eric and I also with Bethany mm-hmm. who's there. We should mention, previous guest. Um, um, we went to eight and a half auto auto e mezzo bambana, uh, which which is an Italian restaurant, and it was uh, it's at Galaxy. Um, Eric, do you do you remember this meal, or were you did you have too many libations to remember? Uh, uh, well, I vaguely remember the meal. I don't, I don't. This was the one where Bethany took all your pasta. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yes, I, I remember the meal. But the yeah, we, uh, the we old were fashions pasta. were the old fashions were good. Oh, yeah, they were really good. Did you say that was like some of your like some of the best you've had anywhere? One of the they, best they I've ever coming. had. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was nice. it was special good. Yeah. And and we also went to McAllen later, do we not? Um, all of us. That's a, yeah, bar. that gets a little 
Oh, the McAllen bar. Wait, I think that was a different yeah, night. Yeah, we went to a, a different night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And did you have old fashions there as well, or or did you have some other kind of drink? I can't remember. I was drinking old fashions the whole time. The whole time, okay. And I think you said that the ones at uh, eight and a half were even better than the one at McAllen. Yes, or they my were. mistake. Okay, Hunter, did you do you do you want to say anything about McAllen bar? I love McAllen Bar. Um, I, you know, we, uh, one of our, so our, it seems like we did like three things in Macau. We ate food, we um, did some touristy walking around looking at old stuff places, and we found bars that were open before <laughs> 5 p.m. Um, those were our major tasks, uh, and we got good at it. Um, so, uh, yes, the McAllen Bar uh, was one of the bars, and that's a nighttime type place, but it was great. Uh, you know, I'd been there before, but only once and semi-briefly. Um, it was fun. We, uh, I think we actually got there a little bit before the rest of the group, so we got a chance to sit at the bar proper and uh, look at and try a few of the different cocktails. Um, yeah, I would totally recommend that spot. It's a good drinking spot for sure. Um, not too crowded, but also, you know, not dead. And, uh, you know, they had a, a live band and they're playing some tunes. I don't know. It was a fun night. I think it was the place I saw the most Westerners together in one spot from my whole time there. And um, it, it's definitely a cool spot. The jazz combo that was up there singing, uh, they were good. Uh, I think they were Filipino. Um, and I, I, I like the overall vibe of that place. And then afterwards, I think, I, Eric, we, we went and we went to get a cigar or something and hung out and talked a little bit. Is that... I forgot where that was. That was also somewhere in, in, in Galaxy. I mean, I really like Galaxy as a place to hang out. That's such a great property. They've got everything. Yeah. Um, in terms of folks that go and maybe are doing other drinking activities, um, the you know, just a reminder, some of the stuff, the Wing the Wing Lay Bar at Wind Palace was a good spot. They changed their drink menu, and they didn't have a couple of things on it that they had before, so boo. But it was still really good. Um, Megan and I both went to uh, the Cinnabar and the Bar Cristal, which are both at Wynn Macau, different parts of the property. Also really great. In both of those places, we were like one of a very small number of people in there, so we got a lot of attention. Um, but yeah, I mean, we uh, we went to McSorley's Ale House, which is at the Venetian, because uh, one of the things that was um, not so bueno was my wife is a, is a beer fan, and the beer situation in Macau is pretty pitiful. Um, the local beer is bad and, um, most places only have it or they have like a couple of other, uh, you know, maybe they'll have like one Chinese beer and maybe one Japanese beer. But, uh, if you are going looking for a lot of beer selection, uh, there are a couple places where you can find, uh, more options, but it's a lot more difficult than, uh, you might be used to. So one thing that, uh, that popped up, but, um, one of the food things I definitely don't want to forget is going into Taipa, Old Town Taipa, right across from Galaxy, and going into this little tiny place, this blue building filled with people that don't speak English, pointing at a picture on a menu, holding up three fingers, and being transformed. Uh, getting my, my pork chop bun. Um, it was so damn good. Han, you were there. Um, I, I, it was as good as I remembered. Um, and the reason I know it's, it's actually is that good is my wife was like, eh, I'm not really going to have very much of this, but why don't you order me one? I'll try it. She ate 
a lot of it, like, she was like, that's way better than I thought. Um, you had some. I mean, we were, like, you know, there, there was – you were just – I had, I had yeah. one, and you didn't finish yours. But I finished. Yeah, so I had effectively you, yeah one you, and a half. And you were gonna leave that morsel, and I was like, "What are you? What?" It was so so good and um, super inexpensive. I mean, it was I don't know. It was uh, it was just as good as I remembered, and I was so happy to be able to to try it again. So, to be clear, is that the place that that I believe? To, no, I think place? it is that place, but um, they've changed it completely on the inside since even the last time I was there. Okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I love that spot. It's so good. Oh, so good. So nice. good. Now, should we quickly mention we did meet up with Lino yeah. and, and, and hit, uh, well, where did he take us in his, uh, crazy Yeah, car? it's called Miramar, which is a, a Portuguese yeah. restaurant that is, uh, or down on Cologne looking sort of south over the South China Sea. Um, and he was very gracious to take us for lunch one day, and I don't know, I had, I had a great time. It was it was, uh, it was great. Yeah, I, you know the thing about Macau, that, and here's a selling point. I mean, it's a really tiny little place, right? But the terrain changes dramatically just you know by going a couple, what five ten miles, and then you're just in a very different kind of area. And uh, I, I really love that about Macau. Um, and like you know, you're talking about Taipa, and it just seems so so divorced from the mega resorts. And same goes for where we were with with uh, Lino. Um, I, Eric, I don't know if you got to check out some of those places. Maybe, maybe you're too busy in, in Kotai or on the peninsula. Yeah, really I I didn't go to, to any of those places. It was uh, just yeah. Kotai and the peninsula for me. I would highly recommend it. Um, I so we've been going for a bit now. We've talked about a bunch of stuff. Um, I don't know if anyone else has anything that's on their list that they definitely want to talk about. The, the one thing I wanted to mention was the bridge because it's something that we had talked about before, and you took it, Han, and so did we. Um, so uh, Eric, did oh okay, you, I, think. Uh, I took the bridge as well. Yeah. So I mean, going into it, I didn't know what to expect, um, but. On the way back, we asked the Morpheus people to take us to the bridge station. I don't know what you call it, the bridge point of entry. And uh, it was really, you go to this huge building um, on the Macau side that looks like it could handle like, you know, thousands of people per hour. Uh, and there's almost nobody there, at least when we were there. Um, and, you know, you buy tickets and they, they didn't really speak a lot of English, but there's really not a lot to go wrong in terms of like, I want to go to Hong Kong <laughs> and they, they send you a ticket. And then on the floor, there's little arrows saying like Hong Kong this way, Zuhai that way. So you can't really screw it up. I don't think you kind of just follow the, follow the arrows and then, um, wait in line for a bus and get on a bus and you go over the bridge and you get off and you're in Hong Kong. Uh, for us, at least, the Hong Kong side, when we got to the, the equivalent uh, big, huge building on the Hong Kong side, I don't, we, we got there at like rush hour or something. There were like, uh, I, I don't, hundreds of people in line um, ahead of, I mean, it was just so full. Uh, I don't know where they all came from, but um, it was incredibly full and it took a while to get through that, that line. So that part was a little bit of a bummer. But then we were easily able to get from 
the bus station area over to the airport, which is kind of next door, but not really walkable. Um, and then we were able to check in our bags and then we went, we went on from there, but it was actually a really, really easy experience. And as I think I said to you, Han, I don't know if I'll ever go on the ferry again. I mean, I, you know, I might, if it was, if I was, if it was convenient in terms of where I was, but if I was coming from the airport and was going like flying into Hong Kong international to go to Macau, I don't know why I would go get on the ferry. I would always take the bus so, so or the bridge. Just as a matter of logistics like do you, did you get on a second bus then from that big terminal when you get to we Hong took it we to took a taxi airport? to the airport okay okay all right well there is a bus that that will take you back and forth from the airport to that bus terminal and i and i took that like i went i took it on the way in um and there is a <laughs> there is a bus stop by the airport it's i think near terminal 1 and you have to be careful how to find this cuz it's it's called the, the bus stop is B4, <laughs> and you could easily get confused by thinking it's before. Uh, and, um, you know, before Lino what? About how, how, before <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I, quite frankly, I was a little bit confused too, but I, I was able to find it. I'm, I'm hoping to do a little write up uh, about this at some point too. Um, just kind of showing a little bit step by step how to how to get at least from the airport to, to Macau uh, by bus. Uh, I, I assume the reverse is pretty easy from what you described. Uh, I think the signage is really good. Um, Hunter, I, rem- I remember you saying something about like they make you get off twice or something. And what what what, what were you referring to? Uh, so you you have to get off on depending. It depends on where you're transiting from. But there are buses that go from yeah. like downtown Hong Kong to downtown Macau. Uh, and so yeah. if you take that route, you need to get off at both sides. So you have to get off at the clearing. Sure. You basically have to go through immigration and passport control on either side of the bridge. So that's what I was referring to. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you do do you do that, but it's pretty simple. Uh, I, I, one bit of warning I would just say um, is that you want to try to go to a, a, a place where there's humans. If you want to use a, uh, a credit card, like the kiosks don't take credit card from what I remember. Like they, they do take like, was it like WeChat? Yeah, and, or and, yeah, and cash and, and stuff. But some, yeah, some other stuff. Yeah. So um, anyway, I mean, it's, there, this isn't the place to go into details about that. But but the bus was surprisingly easy, and I I did take the ferry on the way back, and it was pretty choppy. <laughs> but I kind of it was fine with me. I had I had a kind of fun uh, fun with it. Uh, although uh, I understand what you what you're saying when it, when you say. You'll never take the ferry again. I mean, it's so much cheaper to go by bus and probably just as fast. Yeah, it's faster. faster. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, e- it's just easier. Um, I don't know. It just seems better. Unless I'm going to start ponying up for the helicopter, uh, it just seems like it's it's just better and easier. So I don't know. It's not hard. If people that are wondering, as long if as long as you have a little bit of patience and you can read a read a you know basic signage, you you'll be fine. Um. Well, so we've talked about a lot in all of these episodes. Um, it's been really fun doing with you guys. I had a really great trip. Um, I, I, as I, as I mentioned, I'm looking forward to going back. I don't know when that will be. Um, I can't imagine it will be in uh, 2019, but uh, we'll see what uh, what the future brings. Um, why not? Why not? You did it before. Uh, I don't know. So I. <laughs> It sounds like uh, Han, you uh, you could see yourself returning. I'm definitely going to go back. Uh, probably not till at least the Grand Lisboa Palace is open, uh, or something at Galaxy opens. I kind of want something new to look at um, if I go back again. 
and probably like like Eric's saying, I, I think I want to have some other reason to be in Asia at the same time. Um, this time was fun because I I, I planned I you know I built in Manila and Singapore uh, and Shanghai for that matter um, and Taiwan Taipei uh, I jumped around quite a lot and it, it was a bit exhausting and I had the worst jet lag afterwards but but it was worth it and next time I go I, I'm probably gonna maybe have like maybe Japan or Korea built in some somehow um, I you know Macau so so great it still blows me away. Uh, and also, it does give me an appreciation for places like Vegas, too. So, it, you know, Eric was saying before in a, in a different context how he's, his appreciation for Vegas has grown by, by visiting Macau. And I probably can say the same. Um, but for Macau itself, I, I'm pretty still much enthralled with it. And I, I definitely want to go back. And if I could go back six months later, I would. But probably not going to happen. I hear you. Uh, Eric, any closing thoughts? Um, I guess for any of the listeners, don't let the first 20 minutes of this episode um, lead you to believe that you shouldn't go. I, I definitely think if this is uh, of interest to you, you owe it to yourself to experience it. It was well worth doing. Um, I don't think I'll be back unless I find myself in Asia for some other reason, but I'm really, really glad that I went. And, um, you know, hopefully it'll work out at some point in the future. Um, but I'm, <laughs> I'm non-committal, I suppose. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, I want to say thank you to everyone that has, uh, listened. Uh, we hope that this was interesting and informative to folks that were curious about Macau. I know that there are some of you out there. Um, as I mentioned, I am planning to write a couple of posts about this, um, at least one, maybe two. Uh, but I do want to actually break down exactly um, what we did and what it cost, because I think people will find that interesting, especially folks that are um, used to going to Vegas to have to have that comparison. So I'm going to write that up and maybe a couple of other notes here and there. But uh yeah, thanks for taking this ride with us. Will those be on the site, MacauCast? Ah, uh, probably. I don't know. Yeah. I have to okay. write them first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have a, another good place to stick them, and that sort of makes sense. So um, it seems like a, a good enough spot. But I haven't really given it much thought. Hunter, I want. I want to really thank you for editing and doing all the kind of nitty gritty work and organizing and all this uh, and agreeing to to do this in the first place. Um, I I had missed you on the. Uh, casino sphere for a while and i'm glad you you agreed to do this and eric uh you're my brother uh thank thanks for for agreeing to do this as well i i know you're heavily involved in other podcasts and uh just have just you know being on this with both of you guys has been uh, a great pleasure for me so i appreciate it thank you it's we we really are the best aren't we <laughs> um no it's it's been a lot of fun uh <laughs> It's been a lot of fun to do it. It's a niche audience for sure, but um, you know the I have the folks that I have heard from uh, about it have been really really into it. So uh, definitely not as wide of interest as uh, as the Vegas stuff and the other gambling stuff, but um, the people that are interested are really into it. So always love to talk about it. Um, and I guess if folks are, I'll just do a plug uh, for the summit. If you're going to be in Las Vegas in October and want to hang out with a bunch of nerds, including I think the three of us. Um, you can come in in October to the summit. So if you are interested, figure it out. Uh, you'll you Google it. <laughs> I'll be in Vegas in October. Han, will you be in Vegas in October? 
I will be in Vegas in October. Woohoo! There we go. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, and yeah, thanks to everyone that's listened and uh, enjoyed this with enjoyed this journey with us. Thanks, guys. Thank you.